game day is underway. This is the Wingstop Kickoff Show, presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors. Live from Tailgaters Parking, here are your hosts, Hayes Carline and Mia O'Brien. Jaguars are going to win this one 62 to 7. Ward starts in motion on the inside. Washington to the outside. Roethlisberger is going to go down and he's going to lose the ball at the 20 yard line. And the Jacksonville Jaguars come up with it. We're going to find out after the The ball in the field stands. Heartbreak for the Buffalo fans. It's never over. That's what it is. It's never over. Never get out of the fight. Ever. Ever. Always keep fighting. No matter what. Oh, yeah. Producer Casey Dobson getting a set with a little throwback Rocky. A little more... Contemporary music as well. Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Wingstop Kickoff Show, live from Tailgaters Parking, Growler Bar and Grill. I am Mia O'Brien, joined, as always, alongside my illustrious colleague, Hayes Carlion, and, of course, Graham Marsh, engineer extraordinaire. We are here to get you set for the Jaguars' first home playoff game in five seasons. The hometown Big Cats host the Los Angeles Chargers tonight at 8.15 p.m. in a standalone primetime super AFC wildcard weekend showdown. Hayes, a little bit chillier than the last time we were here one week ago today. But I'm still seeing just as many Jaguar fans literally two minutes after the gates here at Tailgaters Parking opened. Yeah, a little cold isn't going to slow down this fan base, not with the stakes as high as they are. And, uh, Casey, great job on that. I mean, if I mean, I'd listen to that for two straight hours if, if we wanted. That was, uh, that was fantastic and loved the Rocky. I tell you, Graham Marsh has boxed before. Because I mean, he was he was working it over during that that montage. That or I've seen all the like, Rocky movies yeah, like a I, million I was times. Picturing you like on a Russian snow hill pulling Absolutely. a sled. Absolutely, you know, as you train. The guys are driving night. behind me. Yeah. And I lose them yeah. on the mountain. Right, exactly. So yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here. It's it's you know sunny skies. It's 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 really pretty out. It's uh, it's just a little chilly. So just throw on your jacket and uh, maybe fix a, a stiff drink once you arrive at your destination, and uh, we can't wait to see you. Which we will be making the undefeated Duval Donkey now 5-0 and wow. on the season, courtesy of our friends It's almost like The Undertaker at WrestleMania. <laughs> it is uh, undeniably, it is, you know, it's, it's the one thing in this world, Hayes, that we know 
that it is undefeated and that it is inevitable, and that is the Duval Donkey. Courtesy of our good friends at Brackish, we'll say hello to them coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll say hello to the voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars, Frank Frangi, in just a little bit. But let us set the scene here for the second meeting in this 2022-2023 calendar year and season between the Jaguars and the Los Angeles Chargers. Jacksonville won the first meeting 38-10 week three, but Hayes, both of these teams have continued to say throughout the week that they are very different squads than they were in the middle of September. Well, they are different squads because Mike Williams played in that game. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I kid, I kid. Um, I would agree. It, the game was in September. We're in January now. Radically different. But I don't think that's a negative for the Jaguars. I, 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 you know, I don't think that you look at the 38-10 to 10 and say, well, there's nothing you can draw from that. Uh, they destroyed the Chargers on the ground that day. I think they can do it again. I think Travis Etienne, obviously, he was the supplement in that game to James Robinson, who went over 100. Uh, Etienne with a more modest 45. But I think today is a day where the nation realizes what kind of a player Travis Etienne is. I think he's going to have a, a huge day. So that, I think, translates because the Chargers have done a poor job stopping the run all year. They've given up 2,478 yards on the ground, 5.4-yard average. I mean, that is just gross I mean every time your opponent runs the ball they get on average five and a half yards I mean that talk about something that's not sustainable and uh, well especially when you're especially when your head coach is supposed to be this defensive wizard in Brandon Staley right and while yes I certainly will give them this and I just saw our good pal John Shipley of Jaguar Report just tweeted this the Chargers defense finished the year with the number three pass defense in terms of DVOA over the final five weeks um so their pass defense looks better throughout the year, especially over these past five weeks. Um, here are some of the units that they went against in terms of passing offense. The number one passing offense, I'm assuming that was the Kansas City Chiefs without knowing. Uh, the number 23 passing offense, the number 32, the number 25, and the number 28. So maybe that stat of how good their pass defense is is a little bit more of a byproduct of who they have faced because obviously this AFC West division has really, you know, unfortunately been underwhelming this season. Yeah, and I think you can say the same thing about the Jaguar defense. They're, they feel good. They're certainly the reason the Jaguars are playing tonight, so I'm, I'm getting ready to kind of take a backhanded uh, slap at them a little bit, but they are the reason that we're here today. Uh, the defense completely bailed out uh, – really lousy offensive performance last week in the win over Tennessee. But having said that, I, I don't have a ton of confidence for the Jags defense today because of what you're talking about, the lack of resistance over the final three weeks. Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, Joshua Dobbs, uh, you're getting ready to see the fastball today and Justin Herbert. And, uh, and it, it, I think it's huge that Mike Williams is out. We'll certainly get into that throughout the show. Um, I think emotionally it's going to be really interesting to see kind of where the Chargers are. I, I, I can't imagine there's a lot of faith in the locker room and, and Brandon Staley. Uh, they've underachieved. Uh, they, they underachieved last year in missing the playoffs. They've underachieved, I think, again this year. And they've had injuries, which is, again, why in a million years, why would you be playing key players in a game that means nothing in Week 18? And, uh, and Mike Williams fractured his back. And uh, and they downplayed it all week long. He right. was listed as questionable, and Brandon Staley, you know, I, I would think, and I understand that he underwent further testing yesterday morning, I would think he had some inclination as to how severe that injury was throughout the course of this past week in which he's downplayed the injury and said, yeah, he has a chance to go on Saturday. Yeah, he has a chance to go. If you have a fractured back, 
You're not playing wide receiver in the National Football League one week, one week after the injury was suffered. In fact, it's less than a week, and that's another storyline, the fact that the Chargers were in Denver on Sunday, had to fly back to Los Angeles, and then fly all the way across the country yesterday to face the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Staley didn't even do the gamesmanship part of this right because you should have put Mike Williams, of a, a mannequin, dressed in a Mike Williams jersey on that plane so that there was some belief that – he might play and the Jaguars not find that out until 90 minutes before kickoff, you know, not go ahead and, and rule him out. I mean, put him on the airplane and, and just say, Mike, you know, obviously I hate to ask you to do this, but we, we, your value to us now is creating for the next 24 hours that you're playing, you know, is there any, and, and again, I can't imagine he wouldn't be medically cleared to lay down flat on an airplane for four hours and do nothing except get treatment and stay in the hotel and then fly back. And at least it gives you the illusion the Jaguars have had a full day to now fully prepare for not facing Mike Williams. Again, I think it's a huge advantage. So, I mean, Brandon Staley has messed this up every which way you can. And uh, it's the Chargers fans have every right to be livid at him. And again, if if you're Dean Spanos, I, I don't know how with Sean Payton out there. If Sean Payton tells you this is the job I want, I don't know how you don't fire Brandon Staley and hire Sean Payton to partner with Justin Herbert for the next 12 years. I don't want that for the Jaguars' sake. That just creates another obstacle. I want Sean Payton in the NFC with Kyler Murray. But, uh, you know, but if you're the Chargers, how do you not make that move? We are going to say hello to Daniel Popper, formerly of the Jaguars' beat, of course, with the Los Angeles Chargers over the past four seasons for the Athletic coming up at 4 o'clock. I do want to look back at that 38-10 Jaguars' win over the Chargers, Hayes, and some of the numbers. Again, this was all the way back week three. That is nearly 16 weeks ago, uh, so quite some time ago. James Robinson was a member of the Jaguars then. I don't know if you saw on Twitter. I'm not so sure some – Los Angeles Chargers fans know that he he no longer plays here. He had 100 yards in that game on 17 carries. Of course, that included a 50-yard touchdown run. Travis Etienne limited to 13 carries, 45 yards in that contest, a a 3.5-yard per carry clip. Trevor Lawrence, masterful, easily his best game uh, on the young season at the time. 28 of 39 for 262 yards and three scores. And, of course, Zay Jones making his name known among the Duval faithful in that one as he had 10 catches on 11 targets for 85 yards. Since then, though, Hayes, he's been a nuclear weapon at times for this Jaguars team, while Christian Kirk has certainly been the more consistent performer, I would say, at wide receiver of the two marquee free agent signings for the wide receiver core this offseason, uh, which Travis, or excuse me, uh, Christian Kirk in that game, six catches for 72 yards and a score as well. I think it was safe to say that we didn't know what was to come from Zay Jones, but that was the game where we said, oh, okay, so he can play. And also, well, maybe, maybe we got something here in Jacksonville. Yeah, absolutely, because the narrative going into that game was they don't have much of a chance. You know, they don't play well out there. They've, you know, never – I don't think they've ever beaten the Chargers out there. And, uh, you know, it was this is going to be a, a, a really tough putt for the Jaguars. And uh, they just absolutely dominated the game start to finish. And, and, again, I think that's what gives me hope today that they'll be able to run the ball. I was wrong about the James Robinson trade. I thought this is a very good player. The Jaguars are going to miss him. He's going to do really well with the Jets. And it took about two weeks for the Jets to be like, nah, this guy's no good. And, uh, and, and that doesn't mean that they're despite, right. I mean, but, despite having injuries yeah, to their other running right. backs, too. But, uh, but, but they, you know, they, they didn't need him, you know, which really does surprise me. Uh, so, obviously, we're not talking about when James Robinson ran for 100 yards, we're not talking about some electrifying player. And now, and again, that was just ETN's third game. I mean, the growth that he has had 
uh, has been incredible uh, from September now into January. I mean, now you're talking about a, a young man that's got a 1,400-yard season of total offense under his belt. I think ETN is going to be really ready today. To me, that's, that's the key. If, if Travis ETN runs for under 90, I think it's going to be a long night. If Travis ETN is you know, over that, I think the Jaguars are going to win the game, and, and I think he's going to come in at about 130 which means it could be a, a comfortable win. Especially with the weather. Again, if you're just heading down to the stadium, about 52 degrees right now with the sun outside. The wind is whipping here in Jacksonville, and we are expecting temperatures in the 30s for this game. We'll be curious to see how a team that plays in an indoor stadium at SoFi Stadium in the Los Angeles Chargers fares. Now, back to that Week 3 meeting, Hayes. Of course, the storyline going into that one was that Justin Herbert had the broken rib, or fractured, excuse me, rib cartilage that he had suffered the week before against the Chiefs. He was 20 of 45 for 297 yards, a touchdown, and a pick that day. But obviously, he was limited in that contest. And so now, at fully healthy, it'll be curious to see how Joe Lombardi and Brandon Staley set up their franchise quarterback for today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to start with, uh, obviously, Keenan Allen, who did not play in the game, has been magnificent since he's returned off of his injury. I mean, to have 66 catches for 752 yards in a 10-game season, uh, is uh, is incredible. So, you know, Keenan Allen is going to be the, the focal point for the Chargers today. And, you know, Eckler does such an amazing job uh, out of the backfield catching the ball as well. Gerald Everett is a, is an underrated tight end, in my opinion, very athletic. Uh, he could certainly give the Jaguars uh, some issues. I think a really big game today for Devin Lloyd uh, because a lot's going to be asked of him in terms of his assignments and coverage. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of getting Justin Herbert comfortable, I think the Chargers still have ways to do it. But, boy, not having Mike Williams, that is just devastating. For, because it, it really almost, when they have him, when they have their, their guys, they have almost an unstoppable on paper offense. Uh, but when you take him out, when you take one of those components out, uh, they're still good, but they're not great. And, and it's, it's really been a shame for the Chargers. I think it only... 23% of their offensive snaps this season, they've had Herbert, Allen, and Williams together on the field at the same time. And obviously they're not going to be able to have any of those snaps today with Williams out. Mike Williams did only have one catch for 15 yards in that previous meeting between these two teams. That was for a touchdown. And, of course, that was on the heels of an absolutely – fantastic performance by that number one wide receiver against the Kansas City Chiefs in week two despite again that injury to Justin Herbert that he had suffered the week before but Justin Herbert is healthy Mike Williams is not I think Austin Eckler like you said Hayes that may be the x factor in this one let's talk a little bit though about with Mike Williams out of this game who steps up for Los Angeles because Josh Palmer had six catches for 99 yards in the last meeting he is a good player you know he is an underrated player as well but he's not Mike Williams I mean he's He's a very solid, reliable player, but I don't think he's going to keep Mike Caldwell, you know, I don't, up at night, you know. I and and so I, they're much easier to defend. But he is a good player, and again, it speaks to the talent Herbert has. I mean, I, I think Justin Herbert is the is going to be the kind of player in this league that if you give him, and I'm not saying this is what they have, but if you give him mediocre talent, he'll make it pretty good. And if you give him pretty good talent, he'll make it look great. If you give him great talent, you're going to win a lot of games, and. Uh, so I, I think I think Herbert deserves a lot of credit for uh, for his success. And and again, it's you worry about the Jaguar pass rush. You know that is it's it's been better of late as they've gone against some uh, really to be honest subpar quarterbacks over the last three and games. offensive lines. Yeah, and so uh, you know that's that's going to be a huge key today because Herbert's good enough to come in here 
and single-handedly win the game. It, the Jaguars are going to have to put up some kind of resistance. They don't. I don't think they have to hold the Chargers under 21 because uh, I think Trevor Lawrence and Etienne and Peterson. I think I think the offense for the Jaguars is going to have a huge night. But uh, you know, but obviously you cannot allow him to come in here and do something just absurd. Jaguars and Chargers coming up at 8:15. You could catch that game right here on 1010XL 92.5. FM and on the television over on NBC. Al Michaels, who you heard off the top in our montage, courtesy of producer Casey Dobson, making his return to the NBC airwaves. He'll be on the call with Tony Dungy and Kaylee Hartung. We are going to say hello to the voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars, who again you will hear right here on the Superstation coming up just before 8.15 as the Jaguars and Chargers kick off from TIAA Bankfield. Frank Frangi coming up next on the Wingstop Kickoff Show, brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. The Wingstop Kickoff Show. Live from Tailgaters Parking. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. Oh, he's back, folks. The Riddler. Producer Casey Dobson. After a one-week absence. Macarena is our first song on the Wingstop Kickoff Show, brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. The riddle that he brings us back with each song as we come back from break. Uh, the Macarena, I was six years old. I was definitely doing the Macarena back in kindergarten, Casey Dobson uh, and Hayes Carlion. And also, I could probably do the Macarena right now to keep us warm as we hang out at Tailgaters Parking and Growler's Bar and Grill. The Riddler a little zany so far this week. Yeah, Macarena is an interesting yeah, how about choice. That? Interesting. Be very interesting to see where this goes. Graham yeah. Marsh rocking. Graham Marsh is shadow boxed and on the yeah. Macarena. So, I mean, he is trying to stay warm. He's also getting the vibes pumped up right as the Jaguars get set to face the Chargers coming up tonight at 8.15 right here at TIA Bankfield. Before we say hi to Frank Frangie, do want to say hello and a shout-out to our good friends, all the various vendors outside right here at Growler's Bar and Grill. They are selling, apparently, the hot item of the postseason, Hayes Carlion. They informed us before the show started those Turnover chains, if you may, mm. with the Jaguars insignia on it. Our good friends who are situated right behind us tell me they're selling it for $10 less than everybody else. So if All you're right. looking for one of those turnover chains, be sure to head on over to Growler's Bar and Grill. And we Put can, me down for 50 We can point you in the direction. Well, did you see in uh, Sounds of the Game, courtesy of our friends over at Jaguars.com, that the yeah. chain that Tyson Campbell wore when he got a pick, <laughs> that literally Rayshon Jenkins took it out of the crowd. That's so awesome. apparently everybody's wearing them. So if you're looking for one, head on over to Tailgaters Parking. That is where we are saying hello from. Speaking of saying hello. No. Yeah. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Frank Frangi on the call with our good friends Tony Baselli, Jeff Logman, and Bucky Brooks coming up at 8.15 right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Frank, uh, have you left your house yet? I know last week the parking, the driving, the traffic situation was a little dicey. Well, right now, me, I'm out of breath because I'm trying to do this report while doing the Macarena, so it's going to be a little harder. But uh, <laughs> I have been out and about, have not yet left the house for the, uh, for the ball game, but I'm going to be out the road. The minute we hang up, for sure, I could probably do that. So, yes, I'm excited. But what's the scene like? Similar to last week? Give me an overview from now. 
I would say it's definitely similar to last week. I think last week defied everyone's wildest dreams. And so uh, I think this is actually a good thing, Frank. I think we're getting accustomed to seeing as soon as the gates open at Tailgaters Parking, people start flowing through. I can tell you this. I saw on Twitter there were plenty of fans who were tailgating outside of the gates. Um, I'm not really sure how they were doing that with their cars, but because they weren't allowed in yet. But they wanted to get the party started. So, obviously, we're very excited for all the Jaguar fans who are so excited to get ready for the first playoff game in five seasons. How are you feeling about your first playoff call in five years? Yeah, I'm excited about it, me. I'm excited for the fans. I'm excited we had that. You and I were in Hayes and Lauren. We were all there yesterday. Saw uh, what the fans feel at that at our latest um, uh, pep rally. We did it at Dick's, as you know, and the people were going crazy. And everybody I saw out and about today are talking Jags and last night talking Jags. And listen. This is the way it's supposed to feel. I'm excited. I tried to kill some time today, like I think fans are doing. It's a long wait till 8 o'clock at night or 8.15 at night. But I like it. I, I like the matchup. I think they drew a good matchup for them. I, I think they're the more physical of the two teams. It's a totally different matchup, Mia, as you know, than last week. Last week was a, a physical team that was going to try and win the street fight, but wasn't going to be able to throw it very much. Today's the team that's going to throw it all night long. So different matchup, but I like the matchup they drew, and I'm excited about the game. Frank, the cold, I don't think, will bother them, but the, it is really windy, uh, really windy right now. And I don't know if, if that's supposed to last uh, until kickoff, but if it is uh, played in, in a lot of wind, who do you think that favors? I, I do believe this, Hayes. I do believe there's something to it, college football, pro football, whatever. I do think there's, there's something to familiarity and lack of it. I think indoor teams don't play well outdoors. Uh, we had the stat about the Chargers, one in three outdoors. I, I think uh, outdoor teams um, don't have the same advantage when they go indoors. Uh, I, neither one of these are cold-weather teams. Buffalo would do better with the cold and the wind than either one of these guys, let's be honest. But I don't think the Chargers will adapt to cold wind and outside as well as the Jaguars will. The Jaguars aren't used to cold weather, but they are used to playing outside. And I do think it helps that of the recent games the Jags have played, the Jets game was in miserable weather, wind and rain, as you know. The, the Titans game last week was very cold. So it's not like the Jaguars are getting into difficult conditions for the first time. I think they're more accustomed to it, and I think they will handle it better. Hey, that do. Frank Frangie joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line. Uh, I do want to note this, though, Frank, as we talk about the warm weather Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert did play his college ball up in Eugene, Oregon, and is from the state of Oregon. And so I would think he has some sort of familiarity with the outdoors. He also has recovered from those fractured broken rib cartilage. I definitely just butchered uh, that medical term uh, that he suffered week two, and he was enduring through week three the last time these two teams met. So knowing that and knowing of course you were out there in Los Angeles for that game what sort of Justin Herbert are you expecting tonight versus that previous meeting yeah I think the ball's going up and down the field me I I think both teams are going to throw the football I I think Herbert's very good very healthy he doesn't have Mike Williams but he does have Keenan Allen he does have Austin Eckler uh we we lose sight of the fact that uh, Josh Palmer caught 72 balls this year so he's not like he's a bad player they've got some weapons and they're going to throw the football so yeah I think you'll see a more free and easy Herbert he was favoring those ribs last week, you could, or last time. You could tell that a little bit. So I think, I think the ball's going up and down the field. I've, I've said all along, the winning team tonight, Mia, will ha- I, I'm convinced of this, will score in the 30s minimum. And the losing team might be in the 30s. And if the losing team's not in the 30s, they're in the high 20s. So I think you're going to see a good Justin Herbert. I think you're going to see the ball up and down the field. I think it's going to be an exciting game, a great game for television ratings. I think the football's in the air much more than it was last week. Frank, how much would you try to keep Tyson Campbell on Keenan Allen in this game? 
you know, it's funny. You and I had this talk the other day. That's not who they've grown into. They've grown into a, a zone team. I keep everything in front of you team. Keep your eye on the quarterback team rather than turn your back and play man coverage. And that's what you have to do when a guy travels. So that's not who they are. But because of the dynamics of this game, because Mike Williams is not in the game, because Keenan Allen is such a precise route runner and he can find seams and zones and underneath routes, I wouldn't be surprised to see it a little bit, and I wouldn't mind seeing it a little bit. I still don't think that's who they are yet. Hayes, teams that have a corner, as you know, teams that have a cornerback travel with the receiver are predominantly man-to-man teams. Those are the teams that are best suited to do that because they're used to playing man, so they just pick which man you're covering. Zone teams don't tend to do that as much. You stay on your side of the field, so I don't think you'll see it a lot, but in some crucial, crucial situations and in some situations when they play man, it wouldn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't bother me at all either. Frank, what are you more concerned about, Austin Eckler through the air or Austin Eckler on the ground? Yeah, that's a great question because it's gonna. It's a lot. How, can I can I have all of the above, Mia? Because I mean, that's, <laughs> that works. That will be an acceptable. Yeah. Uh, that was A, B, and that's C. That works for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Because he's so good. I mean, if you think about this, this is a guy that has caught a hundred passes. This is a guy that this rushed for uh, for for so many for nine hundred and fifteen yards. You know, this is the guy. This guy is really. He's had a really good year, and he can do a lot of things. You've got to control him. There's no question about it. And common sense says they're going to lean on him more without Mike Williams. Also, if there's been a hole in the Jaguar defense, at least early in the season, it's linebackers trying to cover running backs. The Jags have not been a good team at covering backs out of the backfield. That's one of one of their weak areas. I think we all know that. Well, so do the Chargers. So common sense says they're going to throw it to him. So my guess is they're going to use him a lot. I do fear him as a pass receiver. I think they're going to really try and get him matched up on some of those Jaguars linebackers. They'd be crazy not to, right? I mean, that's that's the matchup. That's one matchup that you would think would favor the Chargers offense. Frank, how do you think Trevor will play tonight? I think he's going to play good. I think he's going to play really well. I, I, I think he's ready. Uh, listen, I'm not making excuses for him, Hayes, but I, I think there is something to the fact that the last three games, there probably wasn't a sense of urgency for the offense to be dynamic and go up and down the field. You played the Jets in the miserable rainy weather. You played the Texans, who you kind of knew weren't going to score a lot of points, right? I mean, if we're being honest, you kind of knew that. And then you play the Titans, and they weren't going to throw it much. You're playing without a quarterback, without a quarterback, really, for the most part. So there wasn't this sense of urgency, pass fast, pass early, a lot of passing yards. Uh, there was, it just, I just don't think it existed with the football team. Well, it's got to exist tonight. Uh, it's going to be a good night. It's cold, but it's going to be nice out there. Yeah, it'll be windy a little bit. I think you're going to – and I and I think – Trevor knows, and not just Trevor. I think the passing, the people involved in the passing game, they know they got to go tonight. Now, this, this again, this is a this is a shootout. Okay, this is a this is a game that where there's going to be. Wouldn't we all be surprised if there's not a lot of points in this thing? I, I've got to believe that. So, uh, no, I think Trevor plays well, and I think uh, I think there's a a lot of completed passes today for both teams. Couple more for Frank Frangie on the Farah and Farah phone line. Frank, would you say that the Jaguars' success in the pass rush over the last few weeks is a byproduct of the struggling offensive lines that they've faced, or do you believe they have turned a corner? Um, maybe the former more than the latter. To be honest with you, they're playing without Dewan Smoot. Um, I think Josh Allen's playing his best football of the year, maybe in a few years. I think that, but but I think. I think they've benefited from the fact that they've played. They haven't played great pass blocking offenses. I really believe that. I, I, me, I think in time this will be a very good pass rushing team. They'll build it. Lord knows they build everything else very, very quickly. But it's not a strength of the team. It's really not. They play hard, and I think they, they're just learning who they are under Mike Caldwell a little bit. And Arden Key's a really good player, man. He doesn't get enough attention. He's always making plays. 
Josh Allen's playing better. Uh, Trayvon Walker is a load, and I think all those guys will play well tonight. Remember, they don't have Rashawn Slater, who's one of the best offensive tackles in the league. That's really going to hurt the Chargers. But I think this is a different challenge, man. I, I think this is a team that knows how to pass. They look to pass. They look to pass block. Whole different dynamic tonight than we've seen the last three weeks. Frank, how aggressive do you think these two head coaches will be on fourth down? Uh, you know, Doug, you know that answer. Doug may go, Doug, hey, Doug is so aggressive, he may go for it on fourth down on third down. Okay, and that's how aggressive he is. He's, he, he's going to go for it. Brandon Staley, I think, is going to be guarded. Uh, if for no other reason, he's being criticized a lot. Coaches, that are, whether they admit it or not, coaches who have been criticized a lot tend to not be as aggressive as they have been. Now, they, both teams have gone for it now. The Chargers have gone for it on fourth down 29 times this year. Uh, believe it or not, that's even more than the Jags. Think about that. It's hard to believe someone's gone for it on fourth down more than Jacksonville, but they have. So he has done it over the course of the season. I, 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 from what I'm told, he's taken a beating for the last week, taken a beating for the Mike Williams thing. Hey, the point you've made during the week a lot, that Sean Payton's out there. And if Sean Payton had his pick of jobs, and you don't know what's going to happen that way, that would be the most attractive one because of Justin Herbert. So, yeah, I, I, my guess tells me he'll be a little more tepid than Doug Peterson. You know Doug Peterson ain't afraid. He's, he's going for it on fourth down. So I'd say him, I would say the Jaguars will do it more than the Chargers if I had to guess tonight. Frank, we're 34 minutes into the program and I am realizing we have not even spoken the name of one single Chargers defender yet. Who on that defense scares you the most? Uh, obviously the pass rushers. Bosa is the younger pass rusher of the two. As good as Derwin James is, and I'll get to him in a minute, I worry about Bosa because the one thing that can change what the Jaguars do is if those two relatively young tackles, Walker Little very young, Juwan Taylor still just 25 years old, can't block Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, that's the concern. That, that is really the concern, and Bosa is just such a good player. Remember, he got hurt in the game. As everybody knows, last week he's full strength now. He and Mack are the best. They concern me the most. Now, look, yeah, Derwin James is the best safety in the league. He's a really good player. He's, he, he can do things. He can be a, safe, a normal safety. He can be a blitzing linebacker when he needs to. He can be a cover corner when he needs to. He's a really good player, but I don't think he can wreck the game. You know what I mean? I, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he can wreck the game for the Jaguars. Bosa can wreck the game. Mack can wreck the game. They've got to find a way to block those two guys. Have to have to block those two guys. Frank, what kind of crowd do you think we're going to have tonight? I think it's going to be great. That's why I asked you guys. I, I can kind of hear it in the background a little bit. The people are excited out there. I think it's going to be great. It, you know, now cold crowds that aren't used to being cold may not be as loud early on, but I think it's going to be a great crowd. Hey, we, we were around it all week, man. We hear people talking about it all week. Uh, I've already talked to people that are on their way down there. I've seen on Twitter, me to your point earlier, that you can already see people are, are, are getting set up. And so, no, I, I think it's going to be a great crowd. And I think this, it's hard. Some, I think it'll be a better crowd even than last week. And last week's crowd was phenomenal. But sometimes it can be hard when you're not doing enough, when, when the other team takes the crowd out of it. You're not doing enough on offense. The Titans held the ball, man. They ran the ball. And it's hard to cheer when the other guy's getting five yards, three yards, four yards first down, on and on and on. It's sometimes hard to cheer when the game's going that way. And I think that's kind of what happened last week. And they still were great. It's easy to cheer when the ball's in the air because there's a lot of big plays. I think the crowd's going to be nuts. Just absolutely crazy. I can't wait down. I can't, just like last week, I can't wait to get down there and kind of be around all of them. All right, Frank, before we let you go, who is your X Factor in this game? Tyson Campbell, ma'am. I think Tyson Campbell. I think, uh, I think the, the, if you, it's going to be a shootout. There's no Mike Williams. Whether he travels with Keenan Allen to Hayes' question earlier, whether he makes a big play, 
I see a Tyson Campbell pick in this game. I see some Tyson Campbell deflections in this game. Somebody's got to be a star defensively. I want the Jags to be very good as pass rushers in this game. I want to see them get after the passer. But I don't know that I think that's going to happen a lot in this game. I do think the ball's in the air a lot. And, man, when that ball's in the air a lot, someone's got to go get it. And I really do like Tyson Campbell. What a, what a, what a, what a start to his career he's had. So put me down for Tyson Campbell, and let's hope he gets a pick. And me, if he gets a pick, then I'm going to tell everybody I said that. And if he doesn't, then I'm going to forget I said it. But hey, I, your, Tyson, Tyson Campbell is my Your guy. call of Christian Kirk last week turned out pretty well. As soon as he went into the end zone, I was like, yep. Frank had that one right on the nose, so let's hope you make it two for two. Frank, thanks as always for stopping by the Wingstop kickoff show. All right, me and Hayes, thank you. There he goes, Frank Frangie, the voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars. You could catch him, Jeff Loggeman, Tony Baselli, Bucky Brooks on the call right here on the Superstation coming up at 8.15 p.m. Keys to the game brought to you by Instant Keys. That's coming up next after this timeout right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. The Wingstop Kickoff Show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. We knew we'd get there someday. Little Shania Twain action. This pains me. Courtesy of the Riddler, producer Casey Dobson back at 1010XL headquarters. So uh, this is still the one. So we got the Macarena. We got still the one. We're really, really diving into the late 1990s uh, archives. Well, I was going to say, this would be around 92, wouldn't it? With is, I wonder if it's, are we looking at a certain year? So let's look at it this way. Casey Dobson may have given away the riddle because he did ask me how old was I or when was I born? And I said 92. And he said so, you would be so six here's a then clue. in 98. Oh, here's the clue. How did I start this show off? What did with I start Rocky. it off with? Well, with Rocky. But what else What else came with that tune? Did you guys hear it? There were a bunch of calls. Okay, and there you go. Keep going. So 98, 99 Jaguars. Oh, okay. Here we go. Are we cracking the riddle with oh, an hour no. and 20 minutes know. still to go? That's I don't a, know. Maybe. That, that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. Well, I'm going to go back to the Batcave. Oh, oh, hey, it sounds listen. like we've got this one right, we, out. we may have gotten this one already figured out. Let's go find some sunshine because uh, it's a bit of a wind tunnel here at Growler's Bar and Grill right here at Tailgaters Parking. The Wingstop Kickoff Show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Jags and Chargers tonight at 8.15. Without further ado, let's hit our keys to the game. Now the keys to the game. Brought to you by Instant Keys. Fast, professional, honest locksmith service. Hayes Carlion, I have brought this up on every program I have been, I had the privilege of being on this week, whether it was Sirius XM, whether it was VEASAN this morning. That is the matchup between the slot defender, whoever that is, whether that is one of the Jaguars rookie linebackers and Chad Muma or Devin Lloyd, or their nickel corner and Trey Herndon going against Keenan Allen. Well, I know we've talked about whether or not Tyson Campbell will shift to that position. Will he follow Keenan Allen throughout the duration of tonight's game like we saw him do on Devontae Adams against the Raiders in week 13? Um, Excuse me, that would be, yeah, week 12. Week 12, that matchup with the Raiders. I honestly think it's going to come down to Trey Herndon and those two rookie linebackers, and that has me a little bit concerned. How about you? Yeah, I think so. Big night for Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, uh, in terms of everything that's going to get thrown at them. It's not, you know, not just the slot, and obviously that's going to be the, you know, a huge key. But Eckler and Everett and and the Chargers attacking that intermediate zone, I think, is going to be a, 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 a just a tough assignment for the Jaguar defense. And again, they don't have to hold them to probably 24 tonight, but you can't let them have 38. 
and that's where it's going to be really critical to get a couple of stops. And Mia, that's where you know it takes me to the pass rush. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Arden Key, got to find something. You got to be able to disrupt a, a two or three drives tonight for the Chargers, whether it's drawing a hold, which Trayvon did a couple times against Tennessee, or Josh Allen making uh, you know some spectacular sacks, whatever it takes. But uh, the, the Chargers are going to – you're going to have to get four or five stops tonight, and I just don't think without a, without any threat of a pass rush, I think that's going to be on the very, off- very difficult. Yeah. On the offensive side of the ball, I agree with you. I think that Travis Etienne needs to go north of 90 yards in this game for the Jaguars to win if it truly does become a shootout. If it doesn't, eh, maybe you say 75. Um, but going up against one of the worst pass run defenses – excuse me, one of the worst run defenses, excuse me. My teeth are chattering down here in this wind tunnel. That is Crowler's Bar and Grill. Against one of the worst run defenses in the National Football League, the Jaguars have to be able to run the ball, especially after only amassing 19 total yards last week against the Titans, and we saw those Titan defenders just teeing off on Trevor Lawrence. And ETN should be primed and ready for this. He's had 16 carries over the last two weeks combined. Uh, Obviously, he didn't play the second half against Houston, and then Tennessee was so dominant stopping the run that Doug Peterson just abandoned it. So, I mean, he should be revved up. 16 carries in the last two games combined. Since week 10, he's only had one game with 20 carries or more. Uh, This should be a game. I know Doug Peterson wants to rely on Trevor Lawrence, wants to rely on the passing game, and that's great. But if you've got this big of an advantage, then you've got to make the Chargers show you that they can stop BTN. And so I, I think that is absolutely gigantic tonight for the Jaguars to stick with it. And, uh, you know, if they do that, I I think they become so balanced. It's going to be so difficult, I think, for the Chargers to get any kind of feel uh, and any, any kind of ability to throw the Jaguar offense out of rhythm. My final key to the game before we head into the Jaguars' locker room, the Titans' tight ends last week in the Jaguars' 20-16 win had 85 yards on just eight catches, Hayes Carline. And that goes back to my original key to the game, which is over the middle. We saw in the middle part of the season the Jaguars got dinked and dunked to death. We saw the Indianapolis Colts, who only finished with four wins on the season, were able to do it at Lucas Oil. We have seen other teams throughout the course of the season that say, hey, that's the soft spot in their defense. That's where some of the younger guys are and the question marks at that nickel position. That's where we're going to go after, and we're going to utilize our tight ends. It's ironic considering Doug Peterson's success on the offensive side of the ball with the tight ends, but that's why I do have concerns about Gerald Everett in that spot tonight. Yeah, no question about it. He's an underrated player. I mean, he, he's got a lot of speed, and uh, he, he presents problems. So, uh, again, the Chargers don't have Mike Williams, but that doesn't mean that they all of a sudden become an become an average offense it just takes them out of being exceptional but they're still totally capable of playing at a very good level tonight and playing well enough to advance uh you know and again we saw it last week i think a big key is special teams the jaguars have to feel fantastic about where that unit is logan cook was sensational uh uh, Riley Patterson is, is really seemed like he's finding his stride. I think he's made 16 of his last 17. And Jamal Agnew is obviously a threat uh, as a returner, and, and hopefully we'll see him a little bit on the offensive side as well. Uh, so I think that's a, an area where the Jaguars could gain a lot of ground on the Chargers tonight. Logan Cook averaged 51 yards per punt 
last Saturday. I'll be curious with the wind, what he is able to do at TIAA Bankfield here tonight. Those are your keys to the game brought to you by Instant Keys. And now it's time to head into the Jaguars locker room, Hayes Carlion. And I have to tell you, this is a guy who we have been talking about for three plus years here in Duval County. That is one Andrew Wingard. But especially talking about him nationally now because of that rallying cry. It was always the Jaguars, which the Jaguars have since trademarked, not Andrew Wingard himself. He, uh, he admitted he probably should have hopped on that a little bit earlier. I did have some time earlier this week to catch up with the Jaguars safety. It is time for the long-awaited Wingstop kickoff show pregame interview with none other than Andrew Dewey Winger. Dewey, January, what are we at, the 12th, the 13th? Yeah, second, something like that. Second week of January, and here we are, still in the Jaguars locker room, still playing football. After all the seasons that you have been through here in Duval County, what does it mean to still be here at this moment? It's awesome. You know, I'm kind of having to fight. I'm kind of having to fight my subconscious to, you know, get the – Usually I'm on the couch by now, so I, I, I really got to bring the energy, bring the juice. But no, it's, you know, you get once-in-a-lifetime opportunities to play in the playoffs and stuff, and you, stuff you dream about as a kid, it's awesome. You were part of a one-win team, a four-win team here. When you stepped down, out onto the field in front of 70,000 here on, fr on Saturday for a winner-take-all, what did that mean to you personally? It meant a lot, and I think it was just really cool to see what type of culture we can build here in Jacksonville, whether, you know, I'm here or not, I think the foundation is set, but um, to see all those fans out there, to see what it could be like on home games, you know, down the road and, you know, have a winning team, it's, it's super cool. And then, like you said, to come from three years of, of not the best football to here now and to, you know, maybe say I was maybe one of the guys that maybe laid a cultural foundation, it's cool. What was it like for you to see, or I should say, when was the first time that Devin and the social crew yep. showed you the towels with it was yep. always the Jags? It was the day before, and we did the cool little Pulp Fiction thing. It was, it was cool, and like I was telling the guys earlier, I mean, just to see a, to see a quote like that and maybe it's the, the rallying cry around a playoff team that came from nothing, that's, that's pretty cool. Let's talk a little bit about the game plan itself. Mm -hmm. Chargers, uh, knowing Austin Eckler is a threat, but knowing also yep. how many playmakers they have on the outside as a safety, who do you hone in on during your preparation? Yeah, it's, you know, you got to look a lot of ways. You know, Keenan Allen, um, Eckler, obviously, Herbert, um, Mike Williams. I mean, they, they got guys everywhere. So um, I personally think it's going to have to be a bend, don't break type of, type of game plan for us. You know, keep everything in front of us, and we're going to have to tackle really well. So you've been a part of a lot more three safety looks in run defense. Eckler, what sort of talent does he bring to the field that maybe will maybe will make that a necessity? Right. Well, he's basically an extra receiver out there. I mean, he's got over 100 receptions on the year. So um, he can get matched up with a lot of, you know, have a lot of mismatches there. So he's a guy you, you definitely have to keep an eye on. And, you know, as an offensive coordinator in this league, he's a guy you love to have, you know, for those mismatches. How much do you watch that week three meeting versus watching more of their recent tape? I, 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 don't, I, I think you can't. I don't think you can look back that far. It's such a long season and team ch teams change so much. Um, you, can, you can look back to see the type of scheme, you know, a team played. But um, in terms of who's playing, what, what type of scheme they're running these days, I think you have to look, you know, I don't think you can go any far past, you know, week 12, something like that. So, um, for me, that's what I do. Speaking of scheme, how has this defense under Mike Caldwell evolved the last six, seven, eight weeks? Yeah, well, we started, we've really started to ramp up the pressure. Um, early on, we were playing a lot more coverage, you know, um, and maybe it worked, maybe it didn't sometimes. You know, it's over, who cares? But now we're really ratcheting up the pressure, um, trusting guys and man, and then, you know, trusting our pass rush to go get after it. And I think that's how all of our takeaways have come. Um, you know, pressure on quarterbacks, get them, get their eyes in the wrong places, and good things happen. 
How much more have you seen halftime adjustments become important yeah. over the last few weeks? That's a huge thing um, in, in the NFL. you got to be able to adjust to halftime. And, you know, we come in here, you know, Caldwell starts writing on the whiteboard right when he gets in here. And, and that's to be able to play in this league, you have to be able to make adjustments on the fly. And I think that's really helped us. How are you staying focused this week? I know the energy, it's palpable in the city, just like it was last week. How do you harness it? Yeah, just stick to the process. I mean, I haven't changed anything this week. I Bang, us. Um, I You know, just do my thing. I, thankfully, you know, you, you build self-esteem by trusting yourself, and I've, you know, built a lot of good habits this year. And um, even when I'm not feeling it, I know to wake up at 6.30, right, when my alarm clock goes off and go to work. So um, just stick to the habits. I know, would you, I know you would enjoy being on the golf course right now, but I also know there's nowhere you'd rather be right now. Um, you know, so final question, just emotions for you as you get set to host this playoff game. What do you expect the atmosphere to be like in Duval? Lit, just like I said last week. I, I feel like it'll be even more lit this week. I mean, but I will say walking in at 5.30 or 6 o'clock on a Saturday night, sun's going down, seeing all the fans outside seeing palm trees i mean it's just like gives you the chills thinking about it um to be able to play a home playoff game in a warm climate it's like just freaking awesome and i think that's really going to help us with home field and um any fans out there come on back always us dewey wingard thanks so much to the one the only andrew wingard for joining me earlier this week great job in the jaguars locker room appreciate it it was only a matter of time before we got uh, a guy who i don't know if there's been a better character arc in the 21st century regardless of sport uh, that we have seen in the last few years, Hayes Carlin, quite like the one that Andrew Wingard has enjoyed over the last six, seven months. It's been amazing. You go back to the fumble he forced against Baltimore, and you can say that that's you can kind of plant the flag on that's where this kind of started. That was the launching point. Because if they don't win that game, they're not here today. And now here they are en route to the playoffs for the first time in five seasons. Your Jaguars and Chargers coming up at 8.15 p.m. from TIAA Bank Field. We are going to head behind enemy lines coming up after this timeout and say hello to one Daniel Popper of The Athletic, his second Wingstop kickoff show appearance of the season. You are listening to 1010XL 92.5 FM. Live from Tailgaters Parking, this is the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. So I think we've already established we got a late 90s theme among our music. According to the Riddler, Casey Dobson back at 1010XL World Headquarters as we enter hour number two of the Wingstop kickoff show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Um, yeah, 90s music. That's what it sounds like. Late 90s. We're trying to make it feel like 96, 97, yeah. 98. I was, I'm trying to place who this is. and I. I well, I that's TLC. Say like, that's TLC. That's TLC. Right. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So, waterfalls. We're, we're yeah, 90s. Right. Yeah. We're in the 90s. Yeah. and so I think Casey's trying to say that the Chargers are getting ready to have 62 to 7 hung on them tonight. Or the Jaguars Ooh. are going to win by 90, maybe. That would be Ooh. nice. Maybe. Possibly. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, well, let's get the other side of the coin. Let's check in with our good pal, Daniel Popper. Now let's go behind enemy lines. Behind enemy lines. Brought to you by Palo Windows and Doors on 1010XL. He's back. Daniel Popper of The Athletic. Have you made your grand return to Duval County and all that is Northeast Florida? I sure have. I'm actually at the stadium right now. And luckily, I know my way around the press box, so I was able to find a quiet <laughs> area because I'm so knowledgeable of the layout of the stadium and the press box. 
Daniel, this is first off, thank you so much for joining us again. This is a big honor. This is like hosting SNL for the fifth time. I know, right? I'm like Will Ferrell. I'm in that. Well, I have to ask you. Hopefully, I'll be as funny. That's 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 the hope. Is I'll be as funny as Will Ferrell. That's the standard I'm holding myself to. Absolutely. We appreciate the laughs. We appreciate your time as well, brother. Um, You obviously covered the Jaguars during the 2018 season for the Athletic, now covering the Los Angeles Chargers the four seasons since then. I know you were on hand for that Patriots game week two of 2018, but as you were driving in, as you're seeing all the teal and black everywhere, I mean, were you expecting to see this? Are the Los Angeles Chargers expecting an environment quite like we saw last Saturday here at the bank? I mean, they should be. And, and like, the one thing that kept coming to mind is just, you know, how happy I am for this fan base. Like, they absolutely deserve this. And I was somebody who came in for a year and really was able to interact with these fans. And the one thing that I left with this town when I went to L.A. is just the reputation is not reality for this fan base. Like, they are extremely passionate, and I'm expecting, you know, a packed house, a really hostile environment. I know the Chargers are, too. They've been playing crowd noise at practice all week, and, and that's one of the things I'm definitely looking forward to is this environment. Like, it should be rocking. Daniel, are, are we making too much of the, the Brandon Staley situation with the Chargers? It seems from an outsider's perspective that, you know, the, the stars would be kind of aligning if it doesn't go well tonight for Sean Payton to, to come in and work with Justin Herbert for the next 12 years. But from, from being in the trenches, what can you kind of give us a hint of the Brandon Staley situation and how Charger fans see it? Yeah, I think you have to give him a lot of credit for how he's done this year, and I know that that's not the narrative on the outside, but the number of injuries that they suffered this year, losing all pro left tackle and Rashawn Slater, lose Joey Bosa for most of the season, lose Keenan Allen for eight games, lose Mike Williams to a high ankle sprain. You know, Justin Herbert himself had a had fractured rib cartilage. You lose your top corner in J.C. Jackson. You know, your right tackle, Trey Pipkins, has an MCL sprain. I can keep going. Like, I could do this for 20 minutes. But to go through all of those injuries and get this team to the playoffs, a place that they haven't been, since 2018 and they'd only made two playoff appearances since 2013 when general manager Tom Telesco took over like you have to give him a lot of credit they were six and six he went on a four-game winning streak his defense started playing at the level that everyone expected to and so I don't think he's on the hot seat at the level that everyone thinks and then when you bring up Sean Payton like the reality of the situation is if you go and get Sean Payton you're going to be paying him top of the market whatever that is 10 million 50 million dollars a year on top of that you're going to have to trade the Saints a draft pick. On top of that, if you do fire Brandon Steele, you're going to have to pay him out for the rest of his, con- of the rest of his contract. And that's something that an organization with a lot of free money can do. And that's not the Chargers. That's not the reality of their ownership. And so I don't see it. Um, and I think Brandon Staley has done more than enough to return next season as Chargers head coach. Daniel Popper of The Athletic joining us on the Farah and Farah phone line. Pop, as far as the Mike Williams situation goes, you have been on top of it more than perhaps anybody else. Walk us through the timeline of this past Sunday when he suffered that back injury against the Denver Broncos to where we currently stand today. Right, so Brandon Staley opted to play his starters in that game, um, you know, wanting to keep the momentum of that four-game winning streak. You know, he looks back at the 2017 Rams, Coached by Sean McVay, somebody he coached under in 2020. They sat their starters in that final game, went into the first round of the playoffs and lost, showed up flat. You can go back to 2007 with the Giants playing the Patriots in a meaningless game in that final game of the season, and they end up winning the Super Bowl, being the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So that was the thought process in terms of playing the players. Mike Williams in there at the end of the second quarter, gets hit in the back, carted off the field. Um, after the game, x-rays are done. Those come back negative. But I saw Mike leave the locker room, and he could barely walk. He had his arm draped around an athletic trainer. Um, 
And so he has x-rays at the stadium in Denver. Those are negative. MRIs the next day, negative, according to the team. They hope, hope he can go through treatment and get better and potentially play. They're saying he's expecting to practice. Brandon Staley said that multiple times. He did not practice. Friday morning rolls around. The team's getting ready to leave. Treatment hasn't really improved the situation for Williams. They do another MRI, and that's when they find a fracture in his back, and he's ruled out. That's the timeline. Um, you know, I think that the one mistake they made was Brandon Staley being as optimistic as he was in all of his comments instead of being, I don't know, I don't want to use the word truthful, but being more open about the reality of the situation, which was there was a ton of uncertainty about whether Mike Williams was going to play or not, and that should have been articulated. And I think a lot of this could have been avoided if that was articulated in that way. But that's where things stand. He's out of this game, and it's hard to overstate how important his loss is for the Chargers. He's a huge, huge part of what they do offensively in terms of moving the ball, in terms of attacking the deep part of the field. And he's going to be a big loss because now the Jaguars can you know, target their double teams at Keenan Allen in the slot, help Trey Herndon in there, and that's going to uh, you know, make things pretty difficult for the Chargers to move the ball in the air. Daniel, what are some matchups that you think concern the Chargers the most as, as you study the Jaguars? Yeah, so first thing would be these edge rushers, Trevon Walker and Josh Allen. Like I think offensively, you have to start there in terms of your protection plan. The one big thing with that is the Chargers have to find a way to run the ball early in the game because if they abandon the run, and they're throwing all of the time, and they don't have Mike Williams, that's going to allow these edge rushers. You can throw Arden Key in there. You can throw Roy Robertson-Harris on the interior. That's going to allow them to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. And then on the other side of the ball, it really comes down to one-on-one matchups. I talked to Drew Tranquil in the locker room this week. Because of all the different options the Jaguars have offensively in the past game, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, you know, Trevor Lawrence can go to any five players with the ball in any play, and that's inevitably going to, create a lot of one-on-ones in different areas of the field, and that's what the Chargers are focused on. It's what they talked about in their players-only meeting this week. One-on-ones are inevitable when you play this offense. Doug Peterson schemes it up to create those. Trevor Lawrence is trusting to go in any direction with the football to any of these options. The Chargers defenders, linebackers, safeties, corners, are going to have to come up with wins in these one-on-one situations. A couple more for Daniel Popper as we go behind enemy lines, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Pop, you mentioned that the pass rush and the defensive front for the Chargers has come on of late. Has that been a byproduct of the caliber of the teams they've faced down the stretch, or have they truly turned a corner? Yeah, I think a big part of it is Kyle Van Noy's play. I don't really want to pin it on one player because obviously it's a number of things. But him returning to the form that we've seen from him in his Patriots years, I think, was the biggest factor in their pass rush coming alive. Um, he's been absolutely excellent in every phase. And I think getting that pressure off the other side from Kyle Van Noy has really allowed Khalil Mack to make some more plays and generate some more pressure. I think another factor in this is Drew Tranquil, their middle linebacker and signal caller on defense. He's been an excellent blitzer this year, top 10 in pass rush efficiency, according to PFF, among inside linebackers. They'll send him on a lot of blitzes up the middle, a lot of sim pressures. You'll see it on third downs where they get sort of the double A-gap mug look with two linebackers, Kenneth Murray and Drew Tranquil, and then they'll either send both of them, peel both of them back, and that's how they create a lot of the disguise. So in terms of creating pressure, I think those are the biggest factors in terms of the improvement here down the stretch for the Chargers. Daniel, can you give us an overview of how the Chargers special teams are playing? They're top ten special teams right now. Ryan Ficken came in, replaced Darius Swinton as special teams coordinator, and they've improved dramatically. A lot of it is personnel. They went out and signed Josh Harris, an all-pro long snapper. They went out and signed J.K. Scott, whose biggest attribute and best attribute as a punter is his hang time. 
you'll see him blast the ball up into the air with five second hang time. The ball might only go 40, 42 yards, but it really prevents returners from having an impact in that phase. And, um, you know, the Chargers are best in the league in average punt return yardage allowed um, by a considerable margin. They're under four yards. So you've seen some personnel make a, make big differences, and then you've seen some of these young players step up. You know, Raheem Lane, Eamon Ogbongbamiga, um, you know, Dean Leonard and Jasir Taylor at Gunner. Guys are stepping up. Some of these draft picks, some of these undrafted free agents they've gotten in have really improved. And, and another guy I'll throw in there just because I want to mention all the important special teams players is Troy Reader, who they signed in free agency. He's been excellent. He's been a real leader in that room, a guy who's played a lot of special team snaps in the league. So I think if you, you know, put all those things together, you get a, a you know, vast improvement on special teams. And it's been their most, most consistent unit all season long, which is pretty shocking to say for the Chargers because they've had poor, poor, very poor special teams for, you know, as long as I can remember. Daniel, before we ask you for a score prediction, either debunk the myth or you can amplify it. The Chargers, both on the road against a team with a winning record, as well as in colder weather. I know there's a lot of people saying, hey, they play indoors. Will they be ready for some chillier temperatures than normal here in Duval County? Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't put too much stock in it. It's not like we're talking about 12 degrees in Foxborough here. It's pretty nice outside. I walked here to the stadium, so I wouldn't put too much stock in that. Um, yeah, the cold weather is, uh, I know it's cold here for people in Florida and certainly for Los Angeles residents, but I wouldn't put too much stock in that part of the game. Awesome. A score prediction, and then I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, uh, what taco are you going to have that you missed during your four-year absence here from Jacksonville? All right, I'll start with the taco because uh, that is more important than the score prediction, in my opinion. Um, flying Iguana in Atlantic Beach. That's my favorite taco in Jacksonville. I don't know if I'm going to get over there to grab it because I'm staying downtown. But I got to give a shout out to them. Get the skirt steak, skate, skirt steak taco with pistachios on top. Fantastic. As far as a score prediction, I think this is going to be a lot more low scoring than people think on the outside just because of the quarterback matchup. Both these defenses are playing really well. Brandon Staley, I'm sure, is going to come out with a fantastic game plan because he's done it over and over again this season in the biggest games. I think the Jaguars are going to pull this one out. I think missing Mike Williams is going to be huge down the stretch of the game when the Chargers need plays from their offense. He's the guy they go to in those situations. So I have Jaguars 16, Chargers 13. Another another low scoring. How about that? You're not the first, Pop, to say that this could be a low scoring affair. I saw Bill Barnwell had it at 13-10. Really? Yeah. Do you guys think it's just a matter of, you know, like you said, the, the defenses are playing a lot better than people give them credit for? Yeah, I mean, listen to this. The Jaguars are number one in expected points added per play on defense since week 14 during their five-game winning streak. So, like, literally the best defense in football down the stretch. And the number two is the Chargers. So that just gives you a a sense of how good these defenses are playing. And I think it's going to be one of those ugly, rugged games. I really do. Heck of a prediction. Uh, We'll be curious to see if that is indeed what happens. Thank you to our good pal, Daniel Popper of The Athletic, for joining us behind enemy lines on the Fair and Farrah phone line. Hayes and I look forward to reconnecting with you in the press box, the warm press box, in just a little bit. Absolutely. Thanks, Daniel. You got it, guys. See you soon. Thanks a lot. There he goes, Daniel Popper. You can read his stuff over at The Athletic. Covered the Jaguars in 2018 and now has since been covering the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, our guy Chad has a lineup of folks at Growler's Bar and Grill here at Tailgaters Parking, but he is going to make his way over. In case you have missed it, we make a brackish drink every week on the Wingstop Kickoff Show, every week in which we are here at Tailgaters Parking for a home game. And, folks, when we make the Duval Donkey – your hometown Jaguars are 5-0. Can they make it 6-0? and 
We're making the Duval Donkey coming up next on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Starting your game day, the Wingstop Kickoff Show, live from Tailgaters Parking, presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. Okay, so here's the first uh, throwing us for a loop is one producer, Casey Dobson. He's got Buy You a Drink, which definitely did not come out in 1996, 97, or 98. But maybe it's because we're going to be saying hello to our friends from Growler's Bar and Grill and Brackish coming up in just a little bit. But before we say hello and make the undefeated Duval donkey, let's hit that injury report. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah. Jacksonville. Protecting you and your family since 1979. Five Jaguars officially listed as questionable for tonight's game. That includes quarterback Trevor Lawrence, LOL, uh, with a toe injury. Kind of know he's going to play. Wide receiver Jamal Agnew with a shoulder injury that kept him limited throughout the week. Ross Matisic, the long snapper, who, as we've detailed extensively here on 1010XL, has been suffering from a back injury. He did not practice Tuesday and Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. Offensive lineman Brandon Scherf still battling that abdominal injury. And then the sixth wide receiver on the roster, Kendrick Pryor, suffered a shoulder injury Tuesday, also listed as questionable. The biggest injury designation is that kicker Riley Patterson does not have one. He simply was given off on Tuesday after feeling a little bit sore in his right knee following last week's 20-16 win over the Titans. Meanwhile, for the Los Angeles Chargers, only one player was given an injury designation on Thursday. That was wide receiver Mike Williams. He was listed as questionable after not practicing during the week. Of course, as we discovered on Friday when the Chargers traveled here, he has now been downgraded to out for tonight's game. And only one practice squad elevation for your Jacksonville Jaguars as offensive lineman Coy Cronk elevated once again this week. That has been the fair and fair injury update. Let's buy you a drink. Oh, yeah. How are we Let's feeling, boys? Ready, hey. Doing great. Our guy Chad from Growler's Bar and Grill stopping by as always. Our brackish friends also here, but I know uh, the cold weather. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they're not as set up, but we have lots of other vendors here at oh, Tailgaters. Yeah. yeah, they're around here somewhere. They're, they're kind of got the uh, tent and took all that down, and just the wind was a little bit much for them. Okay, but, that, but even though the shirts and everything else may not be on display, there is still Brackish Vodka Brackish to be vodka. had here at Growler's Bar and Grill. What is Brackish Vodka? Brackish Vodka is the local equivalent to Tito's. It's better than Tito's. It's got just a little slightly salty hint to it. It's really awesome. It's lo locally made, so it's really good. All right. So we're going to do a little donkey like we've been doing all year for the streak. Undefeated Big streak. And I know you've been pouring us doubles ever oh, yeah. since that Cowboys win. We're uh, coming part of with a five-game win streak for your Jaguars. Uh, and what else goes into the Duval donkey? Well, we've already put the lime juice in, so we're going to do a little bit of ginger beer. Excellent. And then that's where... And then we got the double pour of Red Brackish Vodka, and we are ready to rock. Fantastic. The streak. Love How did it. you come Continues. up with uh, Duval Donkey? It's a Moscow Mule, really, but yeah. we got we had to give it a little Duval twist. That's awesome. So we got to keep it. We yeah. need to keep that Duval Donkey. So absolutely, bottom up. Five, up. Five and zero oh so far, yeah, Hayes Carline. What's the Get environment been like? What's the environment been like last week and today so far? Man, today as so I, far it I seems like this. everybody's coming out. Everybody's coming out with the plenty of. Uh, Clothes on, look gray. Everybody's, everybody's ready to rock. Get after it, buddy. This is my favorite part of the Wingstop kickoff show, brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Slammed. Mm. <laughs> that is good. That's awesome. 
It was always the Jags. Yeah, it was. Necessary, yeah, it was. necessary. Uh, Chad, remind the folks at home where they can get Brackish Vodka. Golden Ox. Um, let's see. Uh, the the other place was downtown in the uh, Total Wine. Total Wine. And um, I think Storages or something like that. I don't okay. know. Okay. But yep. anyway. Hey, but make sure you're on the lookout for Brackish Vodka. Again, it has the teal colored, very appropriate uh, labeling on it. And, of course, it is an alternative to Tito's score prediction from you, Chad. Ooh, I think it's going to be a tight one. I'm going to say 24-21 Jags. All right, so you're going in the middle of those who think this one's going to be a shootout versus being a low-scoring. I think, I tell you what, it's going to be a D game. I think the defense is going to be really, it's going to be be tough, man. It's going to be a good one, though. Absolutely. This has been so much fun this year. Thank you so much. I know, I can't wait. Well, I mean, if the the Bills lose and Cincinnati loses, loses, then we got to be back here next week. Yeah, so we're going to pull on that one. We're going to get that Duval (laughs) Donkey. That's going to be the ultimate. miracle, If the Duval Donkey can make that happen yeah. everyone and their mother needs to go buy this drink regardless of if you're in jacksonville or not <laughs> uh chad real quick um let the people know what else you got cooking here at growlers bar and grill and how's the crowd looking so far Man, compared to this time great. a week ago yeah i mean get in here and get early because uh, i gotta get over to the stadium make some noise today but stop by here have a duval donkey before you go but we we're almost we're almost completely full we're getting pretty close the the uh the bridges look like they're almost empty so now's the time get on down here and Absolutely. again like last week all Jaguars. All Jaguars. I mean, yeah. I, I've seen two or one. three Chargers. That's it. I've seen one Charger. One Charger fan. Yeah. One Charger That's fan. Great. Which is great, man. I, I've, it's been so long since I've seen something like that. And now it's two weeks in a row. Before man. we let you go, I know you have a special shout-out for a buddy of yours who we believe has traveled the furthest to this game of any Jaguar fan. Yeah, Danny Leonard. If you're out there, buddy, we're waiting for you down here. But he's a, he's a firefighter from Qatar. And so he's doing a 24-hour flight. I think he landed at noon you know, contingent like wow. all, I think somewhere around that. And he's supposed to be out here any time now. So we're waiting for you, buddy. If you're out there listening, and we'll Ripper's a, breathing you over here. And we'll have a Duval donkey ready oh, for yeah. Danny when he makes his way over here. You Chad, got it. thanks as always for all your help. I right, appreciate it. Guys. Keeping yeah. the streak years. alive. Keeping the streak alive. Absolutely. And, of course, right. we love those shirts, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Are those limited edition? The, These are the limited Duval, edition. The, oh, the those Duval, shirts. Duh, the Duval donkey shirt is underneath here, but it was a short sleeve. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so it's in there. It's near my heart. Trust me. I'm glad to know I'm not the only one who's a little chilly here at Tailgaters <laughs> Parking. One more segment to go on the Wingstop Kickoff Show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Don't go anywhere. Jaguars coverage continues right here on the home of the Jags, 1010XL 92.5 FM. Starting your game day, the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors. Live from Tailgaters Parking on 1010XL. All right, Bruno Mars, not from the 1990s. So uh, between that and buy you a drink, that's where our riddle got uh, thrown a curveball, Hayes Carlin. It did. It did. I'm uh, once again, the Riddler has stumped me. And so, Mia, if uh, if you don't have anything for us, then I think the Riddler is unfortunately escaped and loose. And I thought we City. had him, too. I really thought we had him. Maybe we did, Casey Dobson. Uh, what exactly is today's riddle? So, those were five different songs from, obviously, five different years. Those were Billboard top chart songs from the years that the Jacksonville Jaguars won a wild card playoff game. Ah. Mm, ah, that, now that adds up because I like it. Buy You a Drink, I guess, would have been 2007. 
Yes. And then Bruno Mars in 2017. Yes, wow. There you go. I like that one. That's yeah. why he's the Riddler. Well done, Casey. <laughs> I try. Well, I try. Well done. I like when Casey starts his explanation and there's a, in his tone of voice, it's like, you idiots. How did you not come up with this? But well, no, you again, did a great job. Again, the intro started out at the Rocky theme song, and then I put yeah. every single one of the endings of those wild card games in that song. I can play it for you again if you guys want to hear it. I mean, why not? Why not? We got some time. We got some time. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Hold on. Give me one second. And. Jacksonville, Florida. I can feel the floor shaking because the state of Florida is rocking right now. And we're done for Bill Sims and Arnold Katayan. I'm Greg Gumble, and that's it from Jacksonville. Once again, our final score, the Jaguars 25 and the Patriots 10. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win this one 62 to 7. Starts in motion on the inside. Washing on the outside. Roethlisberger is going to go down and he's going to lose the ball at the 20 yard line. And the Jacksonville Jaguars come up with it. We're going to find out after the The ball in the field stands. Well, that'll do it. Heartbreak for the Buffalo fans. Never over. That's what it is. It's never over. Never Rocket. get out of a fight. Ever. Ever. Always keep fighting. No matter what. Such a great open by producer Casey Dobson. We had well to done. play it twice. Had to play it twice. Uh, in case you're just joining us and you're like, what the heck is going on? We had to relive that open we had at the start of the Wingstop kickoff show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Uh, because the riddle, courtesy of our producer back at 1010XL headquarters, the five... AFC wildcard victories for your Jaguars in their franchise history and the five number one billboard hits from those years of 1996, 1998, 2007, and 2017. Love it. Mia, look at this environment. I, I think in the last 30 minutes, this has gone to a level that we didn't see even last week. This is a carnival. I mean, this is a party of Jaguar fans. Uh, there's no Chargers to be found. It is, uh, boy, the, the environment around here at tailgaters. I feel like it's really picked up over the last 30 minutes. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people describe last week as Jaguars Mardi Gras, so I'm not really <laughs> sure what if, if you're going to top Mardi Gras what this is. Um, but certainly, we, we've got fans from all over. Again, a shout-out to our good friend Danny, a uh, good friend of our guy Chad here at Growler's Bar and Grill, who traveled all the way from Qatar to get here. I've heard about fans coming in from San Antonio, from California, all over the world to be here for the Jaguars and the Chargers, kicking off at 8.15 tonight, right here on 1010XL. 92.5 FM. I also want to give a shout out, uh, since I know they are in the car currently, uh, some special guests that we were supposed to have on this segment, but they are making their way here. Uh, that is some of the shipping container from the Levitard Show, that being the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts. They're going to be boots on the ground here in Jacksonville. I know Chris Sims, NBC Sports, of course, will have the broadcast coming up on NBC, and they have their entire crew here as well. If you have been waiting for your Jacksonville Jaguars to be in the national conversation, this is the time. 
Like It is happening right now before our eyes. I asked so many guys in the locker room last week if, they could, if I had told them a year ago today that that would be the conversation we were having. They said, I, I think you were nuts. Marvin Jones was very specific. You know, when they didn't have a coach this time last year, he's looking around saying, what am I doing? I'm in kind of, you know, the second half of my career, and I'm in an organization where we don't even have a coach. We don't know what the next direction is. Um, but Logan Cook told me, Hayes, if you had told him a year ago that Doug Peterson would be the head coach of this team, he would have believed you that they would win an AFC South crown and they would be hosting a playoff game. Do you get a sense that this team can get hot in the tournament? Yes, I do. If they win tonight, yeah. I Tonight's going to be a big challenge for the Jaguars. Um, and as we'll get to our picks here in just a little bit, um, as many of you know, uh, I am in the MJD ring of hell. Um, so <laughs> I, I cannot pick the Jaguars uh, because when I do, they lose. Um, so wink, wink, picking the Chargers, uh, spoiler alert. But what I think is so fascinating about this team right now, Hayes, is that they believe. I've never seen this sort of belief from this group of guys in Jacksonville in my five seasons covering the team. And you've been here even longer. So have you seen a group quite like this, even that 2017 playoff team? It feels like a team It's playing its best football at the exact right time. You catch a break with Mike Williams not playing tonight. I mean, let's just be honest. That's how people win championships. You know, if the 49ers, if Tart doesn't drop the interception, the Rams don't win the Super Bowl the year. You know, I mean, it just there's so many things that have to fall into place. But the biggest thing you've got to do is you've got to peak at the right time, and you have a head coach that knows all about peaking at the right time. I think they can. I, 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 you know, I definitely think they get it done tonight. It's a tough challenge, obviously. The Chargers have a ton of talent. They've got an outstanding quarterback, and Herbert versus Lawrence could be a matchup that we see many times over the next 15 years. But I, I do get that sense because they feel like a team – that if something isn't there that night, the other two phases pick it up. We saw it you know, with the Titans game. The offense played really lousy. The offense got roughed up. I mean, that's one of those games that I don't care if there was a fifth quarter, sixth quarter. Seven, the Jaguar offense was not figuring that out that night. They were getting demolished in the trenches against Tennessee. But the defense comes through. The special teams comes through. Tonight, I think the offense bails out the defense. What I think is most fascinating, Hayes, is my conversation with Logan Cook, which, of course, you can find all those interviews on our 1010XL YouTube channel last Saturday night, a week ago today, after that AFC South clinching win. And he brought up unsolicited the fact that, you know, people used to say Jags are going to jag, and that was in a negative connotation. Now it's the Jags find a way to jag, and it's in a positive light. Because he said weird, wonky things like, how did Ray Sean hit the ball at the exact angle that it popped into the hands of the one person that happened to be in the area, and it was Josh Allen? How is it that whenever they need a turnover or need a touchdown, they miraculously find it, whether it's Marvin Jones's shin tapping against the end zone for the win against the Baltimore Ravens, or whether it is the fact that they've gotten lucky when it comes to injuries so far this season, both in staying healthy themselves and their opponents catching them at the right time for, that, you know, for the sake of the Jaguars. It's very fascinating to see that script be flipped over the last few weeks. No doubt about it. How do you see the receiving yardage being distributed tonight? Kirk, Ingram, Marvin, Zay, maybe ETN. How do you think the, the yardage and, and, and what Trevor's able to do through the air 
Who do you think will be the guys tonight for the Jaguars that will have the biggest nights? Yeah, I think it was interesting hearing from our guy, Daniel Popper. Our thanks again to the Athletics, Daniel Popper, for joining us on the Fair and Farrah phone line, talking about Kyle Van Noy's reemergence over the last few weeks, talking about Tranquil, how well that linebacking core for the Chargers has played, because I would say that I think, in my estimation, Evan Ingram needs to be given the ball more. We were saying it last week as we were watching a very much banged up linebacking core for the Titans have no issues with defending the Jaguars, largely because their defensive front four got such great pressure. And so I would expect them to try to get the ball to him. But I also think, and Pop brought this up, J.C. Jackson hasn't played. Who really are the corners? Yes, Asante Samuel Jr. is a really emerging player for Los Angeles. Who are the corners that present a threat where you can take both Zay Jones Christian Kirk, and then also Marvin Jones out of the game. I'm not sure they have the numbers to compete with those three guys, even if none of them are quote-unquote number one wide receivers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think I think Trevor is going to have options tonight that are very attractive to him because I think, for one, Etienne is going to be a factor early on. I wouldn't be surprised if Travis Etienne has 55 yards rushing by the end of the first quarter and well on his way to a big game and what that's going to do is I think the Chargers are going to get so amped up to defend ETN that things are going to become open in the passing game for Trevor and we talked about it Derwin James is a great player but the beauty in this attack is that's fine just don't throw it near Derwin James because okay if that means you can't throw it to Christian Kirk or Zay Jones or Marvin Jones or Evan Ingram that's fine you've got the three other guys that Derwin James can't cover the whole field so, I mean, there are going to be attractive options for Trevor Lawrence. And I think, I think Doug Peterson, I think he's got Brandon Staley's number. I think he's a step ahead of him. And, uh, and I think we'll see that. I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. Some news and notes. Our friends listening on the 1010XL app or stream, you guys will now be directed over to the JU basketball broadcast coming up at 445. If you keep it on the terrestrial, 1010 AM, 92.5 FM, we will continue here with the Wingstop kickoff show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Before we give our picks for tonight's Jaguars and Chargers matchup, Hayes, let's span the rest of the National Football League and this super wild card weekend. The First game of the weekend slate already underway. The San Francisco 49ers with an early 3-0 lead over the Seattle Seahawks in the first quarter. I'm not sure if you saw on Twitter some of the weather updates from the Bay. San Francisco yeah, right what, now what, is a San Francisco underwater. Uh, apparently the grounds crew at their stadium, at Levi Stadium, was really able to do the best job they can. But I would think, while, but while certainly Kenneth Walker, the rookie running back for Seattle, was outstanding, and it's Pete Carroll, he's always going to find a way to run the ball. Knowing the stable of running backs that the 49ers have and knowing that they have a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy, you know, starting just his, I believe, sixth game of his young career, I would think that that one obviously favors the higher-seeded 49ers. I would think, and, and you would think Kittle would be a, a big-time player in the elements, correct? Absolutely. You know, he is uh, Iowa born and bred, so he is uh, very familiar with uh, those conditions that they're currently experiencing in San Francisco. Do you see any surprises tomorrow or, or Monday night? Yeah, uh, I do see a couple surprises. I thought it was really fascinating in our conversations on various programs here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Um, hearing last night on Rick Ballou's show, in particular into the night, from the Philly Godfather, or Philly Rooster, excuse me, 70% of the money, 77% of the money, excuse me, in Las Vegas right now, is on the New York football Giants wow. over the Minnesota Vikings. I like that one. I Vikings like the Giants. are three-point favorite at home. But as we've learned this season, uh, I'm not really sure you could trust Minnesota, even when they are 
at U.S. Bank Stadium. That's the thing. They were 13-4, and four, but if you look at their point differential, it's, it's barely positive, which just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. other than they win a bunch of close games, and on the rare occasion that they lose, they get killed. And, you know, I do think Kirk Cousins is a better player than he gets credit for, but I do think there's a lot of pressure on him. Uh, the Minnesota defense I do think is, is suspect. I think the Giants can absolutely go into Minnesota and win that game. They only lost at U.S. Bank Stadium Christmas weekend via a Hail Mary miracle walk-off field goal that was the longest attempt and longest successful field goal made by Minnesota's kicker in his career. So uh, you take that out of the equation and the Giants escape with a victory against the Minnesota Vikings probably a couple weeks ago. So I'll be curious to see who takes that rematch. And then the other obvious one, of course, Hayes, is Monday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Uh, A lot of folks now questioning, well, maybe that line should be even bigger in favor of Dallas because on paper they certainly are the more talented team. Is this solely because of the Brady factor and a Tampa defense that, while, yes, maligned this year, has really just been a byproduct of how anemic their offense has been? I think it's got to be the Brady effect because he's just he's been so remarkable this season in the closing minutes and really throughout the majority of his career. He's just such a clutch player. But I, I just don't see it. I, I see Brady as a player at the end of his Patriots career. They got into the playoffs, and they limped through a loss, I believe, to the Ravens in Foxborough. And, and, you, and you looked at him, and you were like, he might be done. Obviously, he wasn't. Has a brilliant second act in Tampa Bay I think that's where it is I I don't have a ton of trust in Dallas but I think they do enough Tampa just Tom just seems like he wants to get out of there I think a lot of the guys it it just doesn't seem like Tampa Bay has the edge that they have had and so I think Dallas it's probably sloppy but I think Dallas gets it done and I think Tom Brady walks off the field and immediately starts thinking about 49ers Raiders, his next destination, because I don't think he's going to retire. You think, I was going to say, you think he's coming back, though? I absolutely think he comes back. He's something What about else. you? What, what do you think we'll see I do, too. Brady? I yeah. do, too. I, I think uh, in light of the off-the-field um, changes in his life, this guy has sold his soul to the National Football League in the game of football, which, you know what, it's his life. If that is what makes him happy, happy for Tommy. Um, but, yeah, I do think a change is coming both in Tampa and in Tom Brady's uh, playing days. Some other lines for tomorrow, according to the good folks over at my bookie, the Cincinnati Bengals, eight-and-a-half-point favorites, hosting the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night football. And then the Miami Dolphins, 13-and-a-half-point dogs at Buffalo. So Buffalo, a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Again, you heard Chad say, or when we spoke with Chad of Growler's Bar and Grill Hayes, If those two teams were to be upset, the Jaguars would host, if they win tonight, a home playoff game again next week. Odds of that happening? One in 600, I think we'd we'd have to put it at. I mean, obviously, Skylar Thompson quarterbacking the Dolphins. That's got uh, just an absolute route written all over it. Uh, And then, boy, you, you have to, I guess, maybe not feel for the Ravens isn't the right word, but boy they've got this great player in Lamar Jackson but for the last two years he's been unavailable really in December they led the north last year he hurts his ankle he misses the last five games they miss the playoffs this year they're the one seed he hurts his knee misses the the last five or six games they they are in as a wild card but now you're going to Cincinnati you don't have Lamar he's at the end of his contract they're gonna have to tag him 
it seems real uncertain in Baltimore because you can't let him go, but you need him available at this time of year, and he hasn't been there the last two years. I, the Ravens are tough. They're prideful. They'll make that game closer than it probably should be, but Joe Burrow's too good. There's no way Cincinnati loses. Hey, at least they avoided a rematch with the Jacksonville Jaguars here in Jacksonville in their opening playoff game, which, by the way, uh, the line has shifted to two from two and a half. In favor of the Los Angeles Chargers, so wow. your hometown Jaguars still a two-point underdog, but the line has shifted from two and a half. Jags and Chargers coming up in just over three and a half hours. Before we say goodbye, it is time to make our picks. Producer Casey Dobson, kick us off. How are we feeling about the Jaguars on Saturday night? I have been back and forth with the score. I thought it was going to be high. I think it's going to be low. I keep going back and forth, and I've settled in on this one. 27, 24, and we continue the streak of a defensive stand at the end. Let's go, Jags. All right. There is producer Casey Dobson. Just handed Graham Marsh, engineer, video extraordinaire, the headset. A score prediction from you, my good sir. Score prediction, I think the Jaguars are going to win actually relatively comfortably. Mm. I like I like 28-17. Jaguars, because I think there's a reason that the Chargers always flame out this time of year. Every team that's ever gone somewhere deep in the playoffs has gotten punched in the mouth at some point and then gotten back up off the canvas. The Chargers are not a team that gets up off the canvas. I think we can punch them in the mouth early. Travis Etienne, I predict, have a big day. 28-17 Jaguars. You're not buying Daniel Popper's theory that the Chargers' defense is playing its best ball right now. That's fine. They might be playing their best ball, but, I mean, I think the Jaguars' offense is – has been and, and pe- people keep saying you know week three is different the Chargers were de- the Jaguars are much better than they were in week three so I don't really I, I think the Jaguars win and win comfortably all right Hayes Carline I already mentioned that I'm in the uh, the ring of hell with MJD <laughs> so uh, I have to pick the Chargers by a field goal what say you you know I think Graham brings up a really good point the Chargers are the biggest underachiever in the NFL they're the Lord of No Rings and the Chargers this is a moment that could be too big for them. It's Justin Herbert's playoff debut. They've got a coach. I understand and I respect what Daniel Popper says about Brandon Staley and the job he's done with all the attrition. Okay, if, if he, Dean Spanos is an NFL owner. He's got to have enough money to hire Sean Payton. Or what are you doing? Get out. Sell your team if you can't afford to pay Sean Payton's salary to keep Brandon Staley. Are you kidding me? I think that I don't think this game sets up well for the Chargers, and they can say, well, you know, well the Jaguars haven't done anything either, and they're well when the Jaguars get to these moments, they win. It's just every other moment that they don't handle well. It's the but regular moment. But when for they them. get here, they handle it well. I like the Jaguars. I like it. Jaguars thirty-eight, Chargers thirty-one. What must be done eventually should be done immediately what should be done immediately jaguars get their first playoff win in five seasons that does it for the wingstop kickoff show brought to you by kohler homes and clearwater irrigation live from tailgaters parking our thanks to frank frangie and daniel popper for hopping on via the fair and fair phone line for casey dobson for graham marsh for hayes carlion i am mia o'brien the public's tailgate show with jp shadrick mike dempsey brian sexton and a whole lot more coming up next right here on the home of the jaguars 1010xl and 92.5 fm